Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we come to the end of chapter 10 in the book of Mark, beginning with verse 46. Jesus and his disciples are on their way back up to Jerusalem, where Jesus will be turned over to the authorities and crucified. He has told his disciples about this. They still didn't really comprehend it, but the mood was somber. Verse 32 says that as they headed toward Jerusalem, the disciples were amazed and fearful about what they would encounter there. But they make some stops along the way, and the stop we'll be looking at this week was Jericho. Mark has been writing about Jesus' miracles throughout his gospel, miracles that proved Jesus spoke and operated with the authority of God. And even while Jesus is on his final march up to Jerusalem, here he stops to perform one more for a blind beggar. Have you ever looked at yourself as a blind beggar? That's hard for us to do most of us sighted, probably none of us begging on the streets, yet it isn't a far-fetched comparison, but one we must embrace. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Jesus's Final Miracle of Mercy. Now Mark also throws in the little tidbit that these men were, were beggars. Now that's, that's not a surprise, because in that culture, Many people, such as the blind, pretty much anybody that we today would refer to as handicapped, tended to be very marginalized and would easily end up with no means to care for themselves unless they specifically had family that took them in or someone that took care of them. That's why giving alms for the poor, that was part of life. Beggars were part of life. Uh, we may think of, uh, of, we do think of them much differently in our uh, sanitized culture and where there are so many different ways for people to uh, receive aid, etc. But uh, these people needed to be given money and food and, and to a certain degree care or they would die. So as you would expect, beggars tended to gravitate toward the cities because there were more people there with the means to help them. They tended to locate themselves on major travel routes like the off-ramps of the freeway and the exit from Costco or Walmart and, well, wait a minute, maybe that's anachronistic. But the point is they would be where people who had means would likely pass by. And this was not perhaps the stigma that we would attach to, uh, to begging. Now, these two men must have been very good listeners in the synagogue. Or uh, maybe they had been rigorous students of the Scriptures before they were blind. Or maybe they had friends or relatives who had become followers of Christ and had led them to faith or at least had told them about Jesus and what He has been doing. We don't know how they got to this point, but these men knew who Jesus was and they absolutely believed 
that he could help them. Look at verse 47, Mark 10, 47. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He had no idea where to look, so he just started screaming. (laughs) Now, Matthew notes that not only did they call him Jesus, son of David, they also called him Lord. The fact that they called him Lord might mean that they even recognized his deity. That's what Mark's gospel is all about, remember, to to show that Jesus is the, the Son of God. They, they may have realized that, but you can use that word kurios or Lord just as a, as a title of respect for one who is in, uh, in a position of power. But it's very significant that they also called him Son of David, because you wouldn't do that just casually. That means they recognize that Jesus is the Messiah, that He is the greater Son of David, promised all the way back in 2 Samuel 7 in the, in the Davidic covenant. They understood Jesus to be the heir to the throne of David, the one who will rule on earth in the kingdom. And remember that I told you to steal thunder from the next couple of weeks, the crowd thought they were going to the coronation of the king of the kingdom of heaven. He's the one who is going to uh, fulfill all the promises beginning with Abraham, going all the way through the Davidic covenant. He's the one who would take them beyond that, even into the, the, the new covenant. Jesus was a descendant of David, so they were actually uh, biologically correct to call him son of David. Uh, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father was a descendant of Mary, a descendant of, uh, of David, as was Mary, Jesus' mother. And Bartimaeus, and his friend for that matter, show that they knew the Scriptures very well, as evidenced by their vocabulary here. So they hear the commotion of the large crowd, and they asked what's going on. They had to ask because they couldn't tell. You can imagine how their hearts must have leaped for joy when they heard, this is Jesus. They also knew there was a large crowd because you could hear all these people coming along. And so uh, they had no way to know where in the crowd was Jesus. So they were so motivated, they did the only logical thing. They yelled, Lord, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us or on me, depending on which one you're reading. Well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, trying to get his attention. Now, before we move on, learn a lesson from the example of these two guys. They knew what they needed, and they knew that Jesus could deal with their problem. Do you know your, un, your own need? Are you motivated above all else to do whatever it takes to call on the Lord to be saved, to deal with your problem? You might have your physical eyesight, but do you see spiritually, spiritual things as clearly as you ought? Or are you spiritually blind? They're, they're calling out for physical sight, and this is here to teach us 
that we need that Savior just as badly as those two guys needed their sight. Do you realize that when it comes to any ability to stand in the presence of God, you are a beggar? You don't have it? You can't provide what it takes in order for you to ever stand in the presence of a perfectly holy God. Your only hope is for Jesus, the Son of David, the Messiah, to grant you mercy by His grace. There is no salvation for anyone who does not come to God humbly, realizing that apart from the grace of God, you have no hope. You can't come and say, hey, look, here's my resume. Here's what I did. I was uh, baptized and sanforized and and, uh, just clean, and and I worked so hard. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Why are you showing me those filthy rags? Which is the very best that our human righteousness can be in the sight of God. They understood their need. You know how the Sermon on the Mount begins with those beatitudes, the blessings? You know what the first one is? Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, as you work through those beatitudes, that little phrase, theirs is the kingdom of God, there's there's an emphatic pronoun there that's very difficult to translate without sounding pedantic. But it means theirs and theirs alone. No one else in the kingdom will get there except people like this. What people? The poor in spirit. Those who, when it comes to spiritual things, realize how poor they are. Now, there are different words for poor that are used in the New Testament Greek language. One of them is uh, a word that is most like what we would describe uh, as the the appropriate adjective for people in our society who are poor, someone who doesn't have really any net worth, who's living from from paycheck to paycheck, maybe even even day to day, barely scraping by, that would be poor. But this is the word that means beggarly poor. This is the word that means not only without very much, but having nothing and and having no, able, no ability to get anything unless it is granted, given to them by someone else's generosity. That's where these guys were. They understood that. And they were coming to the one who could deal with their physical problem and, far more importantly, their spiritual problem. So the first question that jumps out here is, do you know your need like these guys did? Secondly, Are you willing to persist? Now, look what happens. They're they're there, can't see anything. They They hear the crowd. They know something's going. They Maybe they've heard that Jesus is on His way to Jerusalem, so maybe they were expecting this, but they were asking around, who is it? What's going on? What's the crowd? What's all the hubbub here? They find out it's Jesus, and they start screaming over the crowd, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. So look at verse 48. Many were sternly telling them to be quiet, but he kept crying out. I'm, I'm messing up my pronouns back and forth, singular and plural. There's two guys there. Don't worry about it. 
Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.